You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Okay, so you know how I'm always pulling my social media family to figure out like what's going on and what it is you guys want to talk about? Well, recently I asked, what is the number one thing causing you stress? And overwhelmingly, the largest percentage of my audience said it was money, financial stuff, not feeling like you had enough money to do the things you wanted to do, worrying about paying for tuition or your retirement, gas prices, not being able to do the things that you want to do because of money. Money is one of the most universal sources of stress. If you're a longtime listener, you know my story. Like, you know that Brett and I were at one point seriously in debt. I know firsthand that money doesn't necessarily buy you happiness, but I also know firsthand what a huge stress relief it is to have enough, to have choices that you otherwise wouldn't have, to have opportunities, to have means to do what you want to do for the people that you want to do. Like to solve a lot of problems, it takes money. And that can be very stressful. So because of that, I'm doing a series of workshops. I do this every year, and this is the week. So depending on when you're listening to this, go to this web address, marketingimpactacademy.com. Guess what? You don't even have to remember that web address. It's below in our show notes, right at the top with the clickable link. And there you can sign up for one of my upcoming free workshops. This year, I'm doing things a little differently. You'll notice that each workshop is for a specific person, depending upon where they are in their journey. If you don't own a business, I think you're going to want to attend the workshop that I'm doing, where I'm going to show you how to start a side hustle, how to get an extra stream of income on the side when you have very little time and you don't have money to start a business. But there are a whole series of workshops. Maybe you already have a business and you need to figure out how to scale it. Or maybe you want to attend the workshop that Brett is doing all about money and investing and getting started because I know his episodes around that topic have been incredibly popular and you've been asking for him to do this. So depending on where you are in your journey, I want to be able to help you. I encourage you to sign up for one of these workshops. They're free. You can go to marketingimpactacademy.com now, drop in your email address, and I'll send you the link. Hey there, welcome to this edition of Build Your Tribe. Today, you're in for a treat. This is a little different episode for us. Today, I'm the person being interviewed. I'm being interviewed by my friend, Natalie Jill. And Natalie Jill is, she's an amazing businesswoman. I don't know anyone who's better at sales. And like myself, She's had a lot of different brands and businesses and interests, and they've all been really successful. And she's been able to just like follow her heart and whatever it is she's just gone through and figured out, she likes to then help other people with that. And that's the coolest thing about being in business for yourself. Once you figure out how to do it, it's so easy to replicate it with the next thing that you're excited about. Brian Tracy once said, making your first million is hard, but your second million is inevitable. It's true. Like once you figure out the formula, it's not as easy as rinse and repeat, but it's so much easier than the first time. I personally believe there's a right way and a wrong way to do that. I know Natalie does too. She recently had me on her podcast. I'll put a link to that in our show notes. Listen up. And she's just such a great interviewer. We talked about a lot of interesting things related to business and the journey 
And I just know you're going to take away a ton of value from this episode. I do want to also mention that we talk about the Marketing Impact Academy. It's a program that, you know, she gives us a lot of credit, which I appreciate, but I always preface it by saying, you know, when you invest in anything, a seminar, a training, a mentor, a course, an academy, it doesn't guarantee you success. You have to do the work. You have to want it. You have to be motivated to follow through and to implement. We talk about what that takes. We talk about the ebb and flow of entrepreneurship and gaining motivation and working too hard sometimes and knowing when you need to take a break. We talk about mistakes. We talk about failures. We talk about how to know if you have found the right mentor, what to do if you've selected the wrong one, who to invest in, and so much more. I know you're going to find great value in this episode. So let's get to it. I always knew I should have a mentor. I should learn. I should have something to teach me how to do this. But I didn't, I honestly didn't know who to ask. I I, I always felt like I wasn't a good student. That's how I felt that I wasn't a good student, like the traditional way. I didn't have a business degree. You know, I had a college degree. It wasn't business. So you were the first one that when I would talk to you, you would put it in my language. Mm. Well, that's interesting. You said you weren't a great student. I think I tend to attract people who weren't great students because I wasn't a great student. And I know what I need even to this day to be able to understand a concept. There's so many times when there's someone who has great knowledge and they're an incredible expert, but I want to say to them, wait, slow down, back that up. I don't understand. And I need to like draw a mental picture. I need to explain to me a certain way because of the way my brain works. And I think there are certain people out there like yourself, where we need to hear it a certain way from a certain person in order for it to like make sense. Mm. And I think there's that person out there for all of us. There definitely is. But you honestly, you really are that for so many people. It's really wild when I, when people don't know about you and they're trying to start in the online space. So I want to use this episode today. I've I've got a lot of questions that I know people typically ask me. And I thought, while I've got you, I'm going to shoot them out to you because the way you explain things and teach things is next level. And I do want to share this one thing. My very first hire ever, when I met Shaleen, I had my accidental business, that I, as I called it. And now my now husband was in the picture. So we were figuring things out. But I didn't have anyone working for us, not even an assistant. And I met Shaleen through Instagram. That's how we met. She was building her yeah. Instagram. I was building mine. We became friends that way. And I remember sitting in your house and you said, your first assignment is to hire an assistant. And I looked at my husband and I'm thinking, well, what would I hire an assistant for? Like, I just was so foreign to me. Like, what would I hire? And and, maybe when I get here, I will. And you said, no, you need to do that now to get there. Mm -hmm. And I remember you breaking that down to me. You started asking me about my personal expenses. And you said, well, like, how much time do you spend at the grocery store? And how much do you spend on groceries? And how much time are you cooking food? And I I answered those questions and you said, what do you think your time is worth? And you really had me look at what am I wanting to make this year and how many hours would I need to work to get there? And you had me connect the dots between what my time is worth, grocery Mm -hmm. shopping or cooking my food. And you said, do you think you could find an assistant that you would pay less than that hourly amount? And I said, of course. And you said, well, then that's absurd that you wouldn't do that. Right. And it changed my whole way of thinking about business and hiring in that moment. 
That's awesome. I remember that conversation. Like I, I can even picture where we were sitting. And the reason why I started with like groceries and food and cooking is because at that point, I felt like you were pretty certain everything in your business needed to be you. And so we kind of went through like, okay, but everyone does a lot every day. We do things personally. We do things professionally. We do things around our home. We do things for our family, for our friends. You know, there's just so much to be done, right? Like even today I was thinking, God, I haven't updated my iOS on my computer. Like that's something that's going to take me, you know, probably 30 minutes to figure out and do. There's so much we have to do every day. So for most people, it's taking a look at that huge list and just kind of saying, okay, what could I let go of? Because it doesn't have to be business and it doesn't have to be personal. It doesn't have to be anything. It's different for each person. And you were willing to, you're like, yeah, I don't need to go grocery shopping. Yeah, I don't need to do my food prep. I could pay someone a couple hours a week to do that. And so you just kind of start with the thing you're most comfortable letting go of. That was the first thing you taught me. And then I'm going to share the second thing before I get in all the questions. The second thing you taught me is I know the, that authentic is the buzzword now online. Like everyone yeah. says, you have to be authentic online. Yeah. But you were the first one to point out to me, hey, you've got to share who you really are besides what people see on social mm-hmm. media because people will like you and connect you more if they saw the messy side of you. And I thought, messy side? This is back when Instagram was just totally picture perfect, right? Everything's picture perfect. And you said, yeah, like, like, let them see a little of the chaos, a little of the messy, a little of the not so perfect. And you're the first one that taught me that. And it changed everything for me, opening up that side of me. Yeah. And I think, you know, what's hard for people and that kind of is more accepted today, but I also, and I'm sure you would agree too. There's some people that they're almost fabricating the messy now yes. where it's like, they're trying to be imperfect. You're like, I'm just, <laughs> you're so trying to be imperfect that it just feels really inauthentic. Whereas what you started doing was just like, this is who I am and this is how I show up. And yes. it wasn't like an act, right? Like it's when they like, write now vulnerable share, like yes. vulnerable share coming. No. <laughs> Yeah. Or where it feels super staged, you know, yeah. you're like, that didn't happen that way. Like no. this is an acting job. And yeah, first of all, we just relate more. And I think people, not everybody, but most of us have a pretty strong BS meter. So we can tell when you and I have talked about this, there are certain people, it's like, we don't get it. Like people fall for their perfection. But I think the average person who has emotional intelligence and a pretty strong BS meter we can see through it. And it's true. It, it was just like, Ugh. well, you made my life easier telling me that because once I <laughs> understood it, it, it really does make your posting easier. Cause I thought it don't have to be perfect. I can just share, I can make yeah. things when they come to me or it, it just, it made my life easier. People didn't know how funny you were or like that you married a comedian. <laughs> I did marry a comedian <laughs> who doesn't like to be on social. It's, it's like pulling teeth to get him on there. But when He's I do, so <laughs> those are my videos that go viral. The ones with yeah, Brooks in it. Of course. And they, they never cease to tell us. My husband's constantly like, are you using me for clickbait? I'm like, I am. <laughs> Get over Do- it. Dogs, husbands, and, and babies. We don't have yes. babies anymore. So, you know, right. husbands have to come in. Okay. So this, especially right now as we're recording this, we just came off the whole COVID thing for the last two years, people losing jobs, being really frustrated with what happened the last years. I feel like now better than ever, more important than ever, it's really important to look at one, what are you passionate about? And how can you monetize in ways that you can control? Really? 
How can you do that? And I will tell you that the number one thing that comes to me, especially because I tend to attract a lot of women in their 40s and 50s, mm-hmm. they're in this midlife age where they think, gosh, I don't know who I am anymore. And I know that there's something else for me. Yeah. And they see someone like you or me and they think, well, they have it figured out. They had a business skill. And I believe, and I know you do too, that really anybody that has an interest and a desire can create something online. I wanted to ask you about that. Things have changed so much, Natalie, from, you know, even when we first started, it's so much easier. It's so much faster. I mean, when you and I first started, you had to spend tens of thousands of dollars to develop a website. You better have a really smoking hot idea that you have, you vetted it. It's proven before you invested all this money and time. You needed a business plan. It required a significant startup costs. But today, and I'm not just saying this, you can start making money tomorrow online. And I think if people stop thinking in terms of entrepreneurship as like, I am going to be a business owner and a leader, and I'm going to have all these employees and I'm going to be a thought like that feels so intimidating and overwhelming to someone who's like, I don't even have time to shower. And if we stop thinking about it in those terms and instead just said to ourselves, I'm just going to give myself permission to see if I can make a few bucks on the side online that doesn't cramp my style or take a ton of time and just have fun with it and not put the pressure on ourselves to develop a brand or to have launched this big thing that I'm going to be doing in for the next 10 years and I'm going to be known for. Like we make it too big. And I know that's the, you know, what the messaging you hear on Instagram is like, dream big. No, I say dream smaller, like just start smaller, dream smaller. Otherwise, it's so overwhelming that people just won't do it. And I think it is so confidence building to make $7 online, whether that's, you know, selling that pair of shoes that you never wore on Poshmark or figuring out if there's something of a service that you can offer or even doing a, a consultation or a Zoom or offering free tips. Like there's so many things that you already know how to do that don't have to be your brand. They don't have to be the things you're doing 10 years from now, but there's simple ways to go like, Hey, I wonder if a stranger would find value in this and pay me for it. And so I always tell people to don't overthink it. Don't feel like you have to be a business owner, but do you own a phone and do you know how to download an app? Because if the answer is yes, you can start making money tomorrow on Facebook marketplace. You know, it's pretty exciting. So when you say that, I get excited. And that's my mind is like that. Or I get excited and I can, I, I'm like, oh, I can have another idea, ideas. But for there's people listening right now that they're really stuck on, but what? But what? Yeah. yeah what yeah. would you tell them? To make a list. I mean, you got to do this on paper because if you're driving in your car, listening to us, if you're you know, doing something else and listening to us and you're letting those ideas bounce around in your head, they don't go to the next step until you take them out of your head and put them on paper. There's no, you have no ability to evaluate which one of these is a viable first thing. And you just have to put some ideas down on paper. Like, well, you know, I have been making these, I don't know, hair bows for brides. Uh, I've made a couple of them and people keep asking me about them. That could be something on Etsy. Mm -hmm. I do have a ton of stuff that I could just sell in my house on Facebook marketplace just to see if I'm interested in, in maybe flipping items. Like that's an idea. Another idea is, you know, I did figure out how to get both of my kids D one scholarships. I could see if people were interested in paying me for a consultation on how I did that. 
And you just write all these things down. And then you ask yourself, which one of these fits with my current lifestyle, the amount of time I have right now, what I already know how to do, and which one of these could I do the quickest right away? Because you need that momentum. It's that momentum that starts the ball rolling. It's the confidence that you need to say, well, this is giving me some more courage to do something that's bigger, something that's different, something that is maybe more substantial, something that feels more like a purpose and a passion versus making a quick buck. But just start with a quick buck. I love this because I really think that so many marketers and teachers out there, they're making this too complicated for people. And that's why people think they have to have this grand, mega, huge, original idea and they get stuck in that. Yeah, they do. And it really kills your confidence. I mean, you and I know so many people who they finally bite the bullet and they're like, okay, yeah, that's it. I'm going to start my own thing. And then they invest all this time and money into launching a podcast or building a course and they've done the work, but they've done the work in the wrong order. And they've done something like almost too big, too soon. Mm. And, you know, because I've worked with entrepreneurs for 30 years, I used to teach people to do it that way. And I, I couldn't figure out like, why are people failing? Why are people creating this amazing thing, but it's, there's no one to sell it to. And i eventually realized, oh, they haven't done the foundational pieces. They have done things in the wrong order. I have to show people and kind of walk people backwards and say, there's an order to this. And it doesn't matter how fast you're running if you're running in the wrong direction, if you're running towards third base and you miss first and second. So it's really, for me, with the experience I've had seeing so many perfectly suited people to be successful, give up. I realized, okay, I've got to walk this backwards. I got to show people how to start small because everything is about, if you lose confidence, you're done. Yeah. So what what we have to teach people, like, how can I just do something? It's like, oh, that that was cool. There was no risk. And it gave me a little bit of confidence to do something more and more and more, as opposed to creating this huge thing. That's a real crapshoot. So why do you think people go automatically to, I need the big website. I need the brand logo. I need the, the building. I need the, uh, need the, need the, need the, all that. So why is that? Is it a procrastination thing? Is it a, they don't think their skills good enough. Is it just the marketing that's out there? What is it that, because that is so common. Well, I, I don't know what your opinion is. I think personally, it's because we've been taught all of our lives that success leaves clues. So we look at that person who like, I want to be like Natalie one day. Let's see. Well, Natalie has a fat loss academy. Natalie has a podcast and she has a huge social media following. So I'm going to work on doing all three of those things at once. But what they didn't see mm-hmm. was that you started with small. You started with taking pictures of your food on your phone and putting them in a PDF and selling them. People, when they look at successful people, they don't go like, okay, so where did they start? They, yeah. start, they look at, okay, where are they today? Well, that's what I need to do. And you know, we all do that. I've done that too. And eventually you realize like there is a journey and you can't skip steps. And I think so many business gurus, et cetera, because it is easier to make money online today without a doubt. I think we give people the wrong message that you're going to become an overnight millionaire, which isn't true, but you have to start small right now if you're ever going to get there. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is definitely a change of thinking for people because I do hear these conversations every day where people are just looking for this massive idea and think they have to do all this work. And like you said, 
success does leave clues, but rewind to where they started because nobody just got there overnight like that. I mean, that's yeah. very rare. That's very yeah. rare. And so knowing the right steps in the right order it today is so important. And the way to do that, and this is really important for people who are listening who are easily distracted, like you tend to watch a lot of people online, you're inspired and motivated by other people's success. That is a good thing, but it's also a dangerous thing, as you and I both know, like, because if you start taking in all this information from all these different directions, you start splintering your attention and you feel like every single one of these avenues is the right next step and it's not. Yeah. So I would recommend anyone who's easily distracted is to narrow your focus, like limit your social media intake, limit your mentorship. It's like going to three therapists at once, you know, that would no therapist would ever advise that because you really need to stay on course with one therapist. And I, I believe that is true with mentors and people who teach business as well. If you're getting so much input from multiple people and all the input might be great, but it's going to be conflicting and confusing if it's coming in from too many different directions. So I am a big yeah. fan of like, you know, scrape everything off your plate and just focus on one thing at a time. I'm going to add and ask your thoughts on this as well. People that are looking in at programs or coaches or for advice, who are they asking? Because I think that comes up a lot too, where like, I, if I'm going to ask you a business question or go to you for guidance, I know that you've done it. You've been successful. You've right. gone through it where I think yeah. there's a lot of coaches online that they were something and now they're all of a sudden the expert or the coach. I think that's dangerous too. Yeah. How does one figure out like, did the, is this person legit? Did they actually do this? Have they been through this? Have they been where I actually am right now? Yeah, you've got to do your research. That's a really good point. And I have probably some controversial opinions on this. They're just personal perspectives. So when I am looking for business mentors, and there's been mentors who I've chosen, who I later said, probably not a good fit for me. You know, when I first started, I'd be like, oh, they are the most successful at this. So therefore, I'm going to pay for their seminar and learn their strategies. But their strategies and their approach were for someone who didn't have children or wasn't married. And, you know, I mean, some people don't consider that, but I do. It's like, no, I need to learn from someone who actually has the same alignment of priorities as me, because I don't want to sacrifice these other things. I don't want to travel every weekend. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to put business ahead of time with my family. And so I had to like kind of keep rework. Once I would find a mentor, I would then like kind of dig into their personal life and figure out like, how do they really live? Because they all say family first, every single one of them. As they've had three divorces. That's right. As they're getting a divorce. Yeah. yeah. So I don't really know what they mean by family first, but it's not my definition of family first. Yeah. God bless. So for me, that's important because, you know, like when I teach my students, I'm very honest about saying, you're going to go hard and you're going to hustle hard. Then you're going to lose interest. And then one of your kids is going to be having a mental breakdown and you're going to need to put all this on the back burner and focus on them because that's all that matters. So you need a mentor who doesn't shame you for that and encourages you to do that, but then also says, all right, let's go, you know, time to get motivated and back into this again. But this is how for most of us where, you know, business and family are important, it goes in ebbs and flows. And if you don't understand the seasons of that, then, you know, then you need a mentor who is solely focused on business. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, that just never worked for me, you know, and I know it does for some. I would align myself sometimes with a a business mentor where I felt guilty 
about the decisions I was making to spend more time with my family than I was in my business. Now I made plenty of sacrifices, you know, I'm not going to lie. I you have to. I didn't do a lot of the social things that my friends were doing. Like I didn't go to when I was building my business, it's like, okay, if I'm going to be spending so much time with my family, then something has to give. And it was my social life. Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't go to baby showers. I didn't go to girlfriend dinners. I didn't, you know, go to the spa on the weekends. I just didn't do those things. Cause I was like, okay, if I'm going to spend this much time with my family, then I have to, every single extra minute has to be scheduled. And I have to be very focused and diligent about the way I protect my schedule. Yeah, you're strong with that. And I love what you're saying there because I think that is a dangerous road. If we go find a mentor that doesn't relate to our lives, then it's not going to feel in alignment when we're trying to do things that they're telling us to do or that we're learning from them. It could could really feel off with that. And then how do we navigate a lot of the fake out there? I mean, this I know that's maybe an odd question, but (sighs) there's just so much marketing junk. How do we know if someone is legit or not? I think you have to tune out what everyone else is saying about a particular person or mentor. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you have to pay attention to your own radar. We're good at it. But I did a podcast recently about this, like group think thing Mm -hmm. where it's like when everyone else is like hype on someone, you're like, is there something wrong with me that I don't get it? Mm. You know? And, and so then you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I like them too, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> but if you just pay attention to your your intuition and your red flags and you give yourself permission to have those thoughts and you actually do op- for me anyways I'm I'm learning to operate with a little bit more skepticism uh-huh. and actually saying to myself like it doesn't mean I'm a bad person or that I'm judgy if I feel that I'm not in alignment with someone and like I just did this today like a very very popular motivational speaker that a friend just keeps trying to pitch onto my podcast. I'm like, I said to myself, I don't have to explain this. I'm just going to say, I don't think this person's the right fit right now. But the honest truth is, I don't know what it is. It's just this feeling that something's not right there. Yes. Yes. I get that. I get that. So if, okay, I want to ask about the person that actually has a business or they have a brand, they've done something online. It's just not going well. It's not growing and they're frustrated. Yeah. They're probably trying to do all too many things. They're probably not paying attention to the foundational pieces of their business. So when it comes to business building, most entrepreneurs today, especially online entrepreneurs, spend more than 80% of their time on social and maybe 10% or less on email list building. Mm. you know, really cultivating your client list. And I do the opposite. So we spend 80% of our time and effort and resources on when I say building an email list, it's like a cheesy way of saying it. But what I mean by that is I spend 80% of my time trying to create very valuable ways to serve my audience, where I can take someone off of social who wants to go deeper someone who wants to know more, someone who who's actually looking for more instruction than that they can get in a 15 second reel. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so they're attracted by the 15 second reel. But what's the point if I'm not taking care of that person who's like, yeah, but this is entertaining, but I need more. I need the how to, I need the, I need the steps. 
I've got the motivation. I've got the interest and the desire. I need someone to show me how or where or when and all the specifics. So I spend, again, 80% of my time creating something for those people or improving something that I've already created. And then my social, even my social, I would say probably 60% of my social is driving to one of those valuable resources. So I think this is going to be a breakthrough for a lot of people listening, because I think what happens is people spend a lot of time on social because it seems the thing to do. Yeah, it makes plus, you feel busy. Yes. Plus there's the dopamine hit and you have the adrenaline and you're looking for the likes and the comments and the engagement and all of that. And it becomes a popularity contest, right? And yep. then what they think is if people want more, they should buy my stuff. So they, they skip the step. So yes. it's social and then, or buy my stuff, social yes. buy my stuff. And what you're saying is no, you're missing a whole big thing in between. This is not just a take, let me get your email. You're saying there's a nurture step there. Yeah, absolutely. And we should be thinking about that all the time. And the nurture shouldn't just be centered around what it is we offer, right? So, you know, when I say I spend 80% of my time thinking about something that's going to help my audience, you know, a lot of the time, it's not something that I benefit from or that I've created but I need you to trust me the way that my sister trusts me. So therefore, I'm, every time I talk to my sister, I'm not like, hey, you should look into Insta Clubhub. Have you <laughs> thought about Marketing Impact Academy? But sometimes I do tell her that. She yeah. was here this weekend. I was telling her things that would really help her you know, with regard to her Instagram. But I'm also telling her about the website where I get my great shoes. And I'm also telling her about these wooden bowls that I found at Ikea. And I texted her the link today. So if I'm just good for it. Meaning like if I'm just serving you to serve me, it, that self-centered piece detracts from the trust, right? So, so trust is our credibility. It's our integrity and it's all divided by Mm. our self-interest. So if what we're doing feels very self-interest related or biased, then people's level of trust goes down. That's why I always tell people, you know, if you really want to connect and sell to people, then stop selling your stuff and just start suggesting things that made your life better. And from time to time, interject your own stuff in there. But you should be talking about everything that makes your life better. You do such a good job of that too. In fact, <laughs> I, I I think I should be mad at or Brooke should be mad at you, my husband, about our Amazon bills because <laughs> you know, Shalene daily shows what right? she's found on Amazon and I, then I have to have it too. So that's the effect that you have. But those are my favorite people to follow is the people it's like, okay, not only are they teaching me something about where their expertise is, but they actually genuinely are concerned with Mm -hmm. sharing things that make other people's lives better in other areas. So you look at email. It's interesting because I think a lot of people starting out, I'm I'm talking right now about the person that has the business and they're struggling. They look at email Mm -hmm. as an annoyance, like, oh, it's something I have to do. It's spammy. I don't like it. They're really looking at what their patterns of it. But I don't believe people are thinking of it the way that you're talking about it, that it's truly, it's an invitation to the party. It's like you met them on social, but it's an invitation now. And if it's done right, I would imagine people are excited to open the emails. Like they're looking forward to them. That's right. That's right. And, you know, so we aren't a big email blasting company. We we're big on, I believe in segmenting, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got to know who wants this information, who needs this. Cause if you're sending an email to people that doesn't align with why they gave you their email address in the first place, 
it's not going to get opened. And so you're constantly like cleaning out your email list and, and it's a constant rotation, right? Like, so just like with social media, every day you're losing followers. Every day I'm losing email subscribers. So, and some of those people, they sub out and then they see a new offer and they sub back in. So it's a constant, it must be a constant decision to replenish that pool because sometimes you're replenishing, you're inviting people back into the pool who jumped out because their fingers were getting soggy, but mm-hmm. they still want something from you. So, and, and there's so many people that gosh, have been listening to me or they'll say like, oh, I've been following you for 15 years or even 20 years. And this is the first time I ever bought anything from you. And so it is a long game. It's a long game where you just keep showing up as you with integrity, the same person every year, regardless of what it is you're doing. So for that person out there who hasn't yet started and you feel like you have to find your thing, uh-huh. no, you don't find your thing. You just friggin' pick your thing and it will evolve. I'm not doing what I was doing five years ago. Five years ago, I wasn't doing what I was doing 10 years ago. You can continually evolve, but I have some of the same customers because while what it is I'm doing changes. I don't change. I'm the same person. You know, I show up with the same integrity that that trust is built there. So that way you don't have to constantly be looking for new customers every time you either reinvent yourself or you take on a new passion or a new interest. Mm -hmm. You know what? I, I, I fully agree with that. I I think looking at my social, my socials followed a, a similar journey where I've had way different focuses over the years. And I have very some people that are very consistent. They followed me no matter what because they feel like they're my friend, and they I consider them my friend on here. So I love that. Okay, talk to me about the person that is thinking right now. Okay, I'm hearing you. Like I need to nurture my email, but I don't have the big huge team, or I don't have all the yeah. money to go hire all the people that Shalene has. Yeah. Talk about that. I learned from my own father, who's an entrepreneur, how to be an old school entrepreneur. So I grew up thinking that you learn how to do everything yourself and you'll save money if you figure out how to code your own website and design your own Shopify page and you figure out how to connect an email list to that free thing that you want to download. You figure that out because you'll save money. And you know, it took me a lot of trial and error and nearly working myself into the ground and then learning from other, you know, new school mentors that that ain't the way to do it. You know, today to get ahead faster and have a life, you have to invest in people. But that's really a difficult concept to embrace when your business ain't making any money, right? Or you, you're just starting and you're like, I'm, I'm at a negative, which is where we were when we made our first hires. We were, you know, in debt. But here's what I learned. I don't have to hire someone full-time or permanent. So remember these words, hire someone on a temporary part-time basis as a trial. And by that, I mean, like maybe five hours a week, 10 hours a week, go to Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, go to Upwork.com, go to onlinejobs.ph, and just look at some of the job postings, look at some of the things that people can do for $5 and ask yourself, and if this person can do this for $5, and right now I'm spending two or three hours a week doing this, that means I'm paying myself 10 times, a hundred times what this person's, I'm going to save money by having this person do that. And I'll have more life left and I'll have time to do other things. So the key here is just to think about the very smallest thing 
like I said, start small, the very smallest thing that you're willing to outsource first on a temporary part-time basis and just give it a try. Mm. So I'm going to share something about you. I don't even know if you realize you do this, but you probably Mm. do deep down, but this is what I love about you. I believe you do learn everything first, kind of on a bootstrap way. Like you, you don't, take the crazy honor student way. You're like, what is the shortcut to this? And I'm going to figure it out first. You do do that first. And then you go and delegate. And that's what I love about like what you teach in marketing impact and what you teach is because, or what you've taught me over time, because you learned sort of a simple way first for people. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem scary. And then once you got it, you're like, okay, now let me delegate to somebody that can make this better or can do this faster or could do this grander. Most things, but some things, I mean, that's true. That's a fair assessment because it's like anything. Well, I can hire a paint. I know how to paint. Mm-hmm. I could paint, I could paint a room. And I know enough that if I hired a painter and he weren't or she weren't doing a great job of prepping the room, I would know that I was being taken advantage of. So I'll I know just enough to know if I'm being taken advantage of, but not so much that I am the best one to be doing it. In most instances, but today I would say with a lot of tech, which is on a lot of online business, there's a lot of things where I, I know it needs to be done, but I don't know how to do it. And I, I don't need to know how to do it. I don't know how to today, I would have to you know relearn how to connect my free PDF so that it was automatically delivered to someone who gave me their email address. I could do it, but it'd take me a couple of hours. Yes. So I don't, I don't need to know how to do those things now, but I need to know that I've hired the right person. Got it. And you've learned how to, you've learned how to do that. And you're the one, you're one of the first people that taught me about hiring slow, firing fast and hiring. You also told me, gave me advice a while ago to hire a few people for the same project. Yes. Huge. Especially when you're talking about something small, right? So say, for example, you want someone to, I'm just going to give everyone an example that they could put to place, put into place immediately. So you need to post more to your social media. Everybody does. So let's say you go to Fiverr or Upwork and you hire maybe three people to create 10 text posts for you. And you tell them, all right, I need you to find the quote in this genre. I want each of them to look a little different, but I want my brand logo at the bottom or my Instagram handle. And you have, you have three different people do that for you. And you're going to, let's say you pay each one of them $15, right? So now you're into it $45. But what you've done is you've worked with three separate people all at the same time. And that gives you the opportunity to compare apples to apples. And then you can also see like, gosh, I really enjoyed chatting with this person. They got it right away. I didn't have to correct their work. They were super responsive. They were polite. They were all the things that we assume people are going to be when we interview them, but sometimes they're very different when we hire them. And you really get a sense of like, wow, I don't have to go back to the drawing board. I can just pick one of these three. And the way you post that job is to say, this is just a one-time temporary position that could turn into something more permanent or more regular. And that way you don't feel weird, like saying, oh, sorry, I have to let you go. Cause yeah. you really just hired them for one little thing. And I can't even tell you how many great members of our team started off that way, you know, just mm. us giving them a shot. So many, and so, it, they sometimes will really surprise you. And something you've done a great job of letting go of, and I'm working on it is perfection mistakes <laughs> and, and not caring. Can you speak into that? Because I think that's something that a lot of people yeah. me included do struggle with that, yeah. you know, Oh, I gave us, I hired this person or I did this. And now look at this. 
I wish I could tell you that that's something I've overcome, but I've never been a perfectionist, even though I'm the oldest and oldest are usually perfectionists. Mistakes have never bothered me. I don't care because I, I know that if I'm worried about mistakes, I'm going to slow down and I'm going to be afraid to fail. I'm going to be afraid of people's judgment. So I don't care. I'll just let's yeah. go. We can fix it later. And I guess it's just the way I grew up. So I, I, I don't know that I have any great words of wisdom here, except to say that the most successful people I know are the ones who will fail and are not afraid to fail over and over and go like, you know, because the quicker you recognize that there's a failure, the closer you are to being better, or I don't want to say perfect Mm -hmm. because that doesn't even exist, but you know, the closer you are to being right, the closer you are to getting it right. So if, if I'm afraid to put something out because I'm like, oh, what if it's not good enough? What if it's not the right time? What if it's not ready? What if there's a typo? What if it's all these things? It'll never get better. Mm. So you'll never launch it. And I think I think parents do a number on their kids. So my recommendation is go to therapy. If that's literally <laughs> something that you, it's just therapy is my answer to most of these things because there's so many people that I'm like, I want to shake them and say, you have what it takes. Why did your mom and dad do this to you? Or, and sometimes it's just self-imposed pressure. Yeah. You know, like some people are just born that way. Like their parents didn't put any pressure on them, but they're like, my DNA tells me it's got to be perfect. Well, there's two things that you said to me that really stuck with me. So I will share them because I think it might help somebody. I remember years ago, I mean, this is gosh, eight years ago or so. I remember doing a free opt-in for a workout program and I made a post and I put this free opt-in up there and I went to the movies with my husband. And I remember in the middle of movies, why I was checking my phone, I don't know, but I checked my phone (laughs) and there were all these messages about the link being broken or the link not working. And I panicked like, oh my gosh, all these people can't get my free thing. And I told you about it. And you said, and, and I said, well, they're all upset. You're like, you were giving them a free thing and you're upset that they can't get it immediately. And just you saying that to me, like checked me as to, wow, what was my intention? And then was my intention to have everybody love me or to give them something that was going to help them? If it was to give them something that's going to help them, that could be remedied. So that, that changed my thinking there. And then recently, this is just a couple of weeks ago, I um, had opted into one of your, one of your things. And I saw these spelling errors or something. And I I started sweating for myself. I'm like, (laughs) and I said, I just found all these mistakes on, do you want to know what they are? Do you not care? She, and she said, sure, tell me about them. Like, like it's no big deal. So I tell her and she just kind of laughed with me. And I said, wait, this isn't a 911 emergency. And you, and you said, you said, you know, I, we've done this much revenue, this much thing. I'm helping this many people. It's a good thing. If I let that stop me, I wouldn't be helping all these people. Yeah. You know what's okay. Here's what's a crazy fact about that. We've had over 150,000 people download that same PDF, the one that you, you know, and it was something that we outsourced, right? So I had a virtual assistant create that. And for whatever reason, it didn't get proofed. And over 150,000 people have downloaded it. It's and it helped probably, them. Yeah, yes, yeah. it helped them. And it's our number one converter. It's helped us to make millions in sales. Yeah. But from what, as far as I can tell, you're the first person who brought to our attention yeah. that there. Now, does that mean that we didn't lose some customers who are like, I'm not signing up with this company. Look, they didn't even proofread this thing. What does that say about their commitment to quality? Sure. We probably lost some of those people, but if I was worried about that, we wouldn't have helped all those hundreds of thousands of other people. Well, you gave you know? me a huge breakthrough around it. I screenshot your uh, message and I, said, I forget I what I said. 
Yeah, because it was it was so powerful to me the way that you because to me, that would have been like this 911 boxer to my whole team. Yeah. Like, hey, we need to fix this <laughs> to you. You kind of laugh. You're like, Giselle, you thought it was funny. Yeah. And, and I thought, yeah. you know what? She's she's right. <laughs> You're right. So, oh, gosh, so, yeah. so many little things that I've gotten from you from that. Thank you so much, Shaleen, for this. This was so helpful. I got a lot out out of today and I I hope everybody else listening did. Thank you so much for doing that. You're the best. I love you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, everybody. Don't forget to check out instaclubhub.com. Brock and I are helping people crush it on Instagram and we have so much fun doing it. Why not build your business with us by growing your audience on Instagram? We'll make it fun. We'll get the job done. We make it easy, simple, and seamless. So check out instaclubhub.com. Hey, it's Kristen, Shaleen's podcast manager. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, could you go and leave a review for Shaleen and Brock? Let them know what it is you liked about this episode, what really hit home, and what would you like them to cover in a future episode? And while you're at it, could you just double check to be sure that you are subscribed? That way, if you're subscribed, you won't miss a single episode, which is released every Tuesday and Thursday. Did you know that Shaleen has another podcast called The Shaleen Show? It's all about living your best life. She gives you tips about improving things physical, mental health, mindset, habits, relationships, nutrition, fitness, sleep, and so much more. She has the best interviews also. But if you're already subscribed to both Build Your Tribe and The Shaleen Show, you really should go check out Patreon. Did you know The Shaleen Show is now on Patreon? Shaleen gets super personal, spills the tea on everything she can't on her other podcasts. You also get to experience Brett. Completely unfiltered, completely confident, and completely hysterical. You can find it at patreon.com forward slash The Schleen Show. Anyways, thanks for listening. Remember, anything referenced in this episode, including links to all the other podcasts, can be found below in the show notes. <laughs>